This is Monster of the Week. I'm Jeremy Greer. It's with Chris and Jeremy. I'm Chris Mosier. Dean is gone and Sam's got a dog. Winchester's mad. What the heck is going on? Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I are covering every single episode of your favorite TV show, Supernatural, on the CW Network. Chris, how are you yeah. today? Freaking great. How are you, Jeremy? I'm doing really great, man. We're, um, we're, we're back on our Monday energy. Like, last week was Friday energy, so we've actually yeah. recorded like three days apart, which is kind of weird true. for us. I mean, today is Tuesday, which is uh, also Monday energy, though, so... Oh, wow. <laughs> I've lost a day somewhere. Okay, cool. <laughs> I thought I was the tired one. I yeah, I guess I got all of my days mixed up. Um, you know what? I don't get mixed up is being thankful to the people at patreoncom slash monster of the week for donating. Goddamn right, some of their cash to us. Uh, we are very close to letting some of those people dictate episodes for the Patreon exclusive feed, and I am kind of excited about it. I'm, I'm really interested to see what what we're going to be covering same here it's going to be a lot of fun um if you're interested in dictating some of that stuff or if you want to talk with some lovely people who love supernatural in our patreon exclusive discord or if you just want episodes a few days early uh if you want that any of that go to patreon.com slash monster of the week uh our latest patron is somebody i did not look up so always good always al- cool always Perfect. good so thank you uh, unidentified person i'll get you next week <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you We're so really much. not good at this. Um, I just always forget to to do this. Let's do um, hmm. Let's do Stern J. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't think I've said that name out loud before. So thank you. I don't think Jay. So. Thank you. We appreciate that. Um, yeah. Chris, before we Jeremy. get into season eight, episode mm-hmm. nine, Citizen Fang, can you give me just kind of a tour of Sam's hair? up to this point not a road oh, so wow. far but like i want to like where where are you at with sam's hair nowadays because it seems to be season season eight it, just in season eight because it seems like every episode is just doing something crazy different yeah it's it's a a lot of hair you know and and i i feel like i i've come around on sam's hair in season eight uh i think it looks really good i think generally when it's not uh lying flat like puppy dog ears like in the first episode, I think that uh, I think when it's styled, I think that he looks pretty good. Okay, so you're overall pretty positive on the on the hair. I'm overall right overall pretty positive. I think that they it can take some sharp left turns, um, given its length. But, but yeah, I'm I'm overall positive. Do you think that they have like the same makeup people like was alluded to in that episode of um and the French Mistake where they come over here and it's like the same people. Yeah. Like, do you think that's the same person that's been working on Sam's hair for 14 years or whatever? I think he's he said something about that in the past. How he's basically just had the same person cutting his hair forever now. That's weird. I don't like. I, I go to like a like a generic haircutting place, like a sports mm-hmm. clips. Even though I don't really care about sports that much, it's just an easy place to get into and out of. I don't. I don't go through a lot of bullshit over there. I don't know if I've ever had a man cut my hair. Oh, I've definitely had a dude cut my hair. Which before. is a strange thing to to say. Most I feel like most guys like go to a barber and it's a whole like masculine thing, but I'm no, I'm not interested. I want to have beautiful lady hair. 
And it's never going to happen because I'm rapidly losing it, but that's who I am. A lot of the dudes that I know are like, get kind of like sexist with it. They're like, yeah, man, I want a hot chick cutting my hair. And I'm like, why? Like, Super weird. That's a, that's a weird thing to want. Like, just I kind of somebody- just want to like close my eyes, pretend I'm not there, and then wake up with a better looking head. I tell you what, uh, Sports Clips does the, uh, the, the hot towel and the hair wash after a haircut. And that's, good. that's maybe like this, the most solid five to ten minutes of my day whenever it happens. Because you can sit there. They don't talk to you during it. They put this hot towel mm-hmm. on your face so you can't see anything. You're breathing through your nose. They're like massaging your scalp and like washing your hair. And it's just, it's just like you just don't have to do anything. You can tune out of, you can't answer a phone call like that. Like, shut that phone no off. Way. Yeah. No way. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how we got on this subject, Chris. What has been going on with season eight so far? You can want you the me? road so far? I want the road okay. so far. Hit me. The road so far. Does so. it does it or does it not contain the words Brick Holmes? We'll fucking find out. Um. <laughs> Last time on Days of Our Lives, Sam's war widow girlfriend introduces him to her dad, who is pretty suspicious of hot and mysterious Sam Winchester. His suspicions are dismissed, however, when he spots Sam lounging on the hood of the Impala outside of Amelia's house. (laughs) They share a meaningful glance, just in time for Sam's war widow girlfriend to arrive and reveal that she is no longer a war widow. Her dead husband is alive, and he's on the phone. Meanwhile, on the TV show Supernatural, Castiel joins the boys on a hunt, and despite all of his incredible powers, he decides to stay behind. Uh, Kevin is still in hiding, the angels still have questions, and Benny is still a vampire. Good work. No brick. I like it. No brick. no brick. I actually didn't know if I mentioned it or not. I couldn't remember. <laughs> it's funny that you brought up Days of Our Lives. Autumn and I uh, met up for lunch the other day, and uh, the the bar that we were eating at had like Days of Our Lives playing above it because I guess they were that no shows sports always on. <laughs> and um, like that was my grandmother's like favorite soap opera. So growing up, like I, that's the one that I watched the most. And for whatever reason, Autumn also had a s- similar experience. So like, we were like, Oh my God, that's Bo and hope. And oh yeah. God, they're still on this show. Like we're so Dude. old. How are they doing this? When I was little, that's what my mom watched. That's what she was into. Whew. So I used to always see it like while I was eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches at the table, like days of our lives would be on. I am um, one of the most imp- impressed times, uh, or one of the most impressive things I've ever done for my great grandmother was uh, schedule her VCR to record her stories while she was at a doctor's appointment. Oh my like god! That, that was like the the pen- She like came back and she was able to watch her stories even though she wasn't like she wasn't she there. Was, she was calling people the next day, being like, "My nephew or whatever." is a scientist he's going to go to space he i you're not going to believe what he did the problem is and, and because she did that and uh the problem mm-hmm. is all of her little uh sewing circle because they, they got together and did quilts would be like can you bring him over to my house and schedule and i'm like I'm, oh my god ladies i'm over here trying to trying to beat bowser okay i've got more important <laughs> things that i'm doing Listen, ladies i'm a gamer i'm a gamer y'all let me Jeez. make one thing perfectly clear i'm a gamer all right gamer jeremy tell us about this episode <laughs> <laughs> thank you for the quilt but i got to go game i gotta go game ladies today we are covering uh season eight episode nine citizen fang written by daniel laughlin directed by wow. nick copas it aired on december 5th 2012 uh notably by the way daniel laughlin this is the first episode he wrote solo usually he is partnered with andrew dab so oh get, getting a little deep for you Sam puts a tracker on Benny. Sam asks mm-hmm. a hunter named Martin to keep an eye on mm-hmm. Benny uh, without <laughs> telling Dean. However, mm-hmm. when Martin tells Sam there was a vampire kill and he thinks Benny mm-hmm. is responsible, Dean defends his friend. When Martin mm-hmm. decides to take things into his own hands, things get messy mm-hmm. and Dean is forced to make a very hard decision. That's not true. 
None of that last sentence is yeah, not true Dean at all. Dean doesn't do shit. <laughs> uh, if you don't remember Martin, uh, Martin was in the episode Sam Interrupted, uh, a.k.a. the boys checked themselves into a mental hospital to chase a ghost, because Supernatural yeah. was a lot different back super, then. Super normal thing to do. Just like that time they got arrested so that they could also fight a ghost. So they could go fight a ghost. Um, <laughs> now we're in the brig of a, of a, of a cruise, because we had to go yeah. fight this ghost. <laughs> Uh, Barton was the hunter that was kind of um, a little bit off his rocker, uh, to, yeah. to put it in the politically correct terms. I think that's the appropriate way to say that. Um, Supernatural yeah, I mean, plays real fast and loose with what this guy is. Dean is very disrespectful to anyone but Matt Doyle. This Dean has no respect and no chill whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, before we go into the details, I, I'm, I'm a little like confused on this episode like it's a good episode but i don't kinda. i kind of like don't like anything that sam or dean do in the back yeah. half it's yeah it, it as far as being a competent episode of the tv show supernatural i think it it, it actually is good yeah like the a lot of what this episode does is good but it's just the way that the characters are written like the choices they make that that i think don't feel right. In fact, they, it's not that they just don't feel right. They, they actively feel wrong. Yeah. Um, so it's like a mischaracterization, but but a good episode. <laughs> um, this is like in our then thing. Also, uh, I felt like this was a little weird. Uh, do you watch these? By the way, do you watch the little intros to get an idea? Yeah, of I usually do. Um, so because they kind of clue you in, like if Garth is going to show up or Martin's going to show up, they usually tell you. Uh, there's a weird. Usually this is like rock music happening at the whole time, but uh, this was like a weird, sad, like piano vibe thing happening. Did you pick on that? Pick up on oh, that? I don't all? remember. Maybe it was different on Netflix, but I actually wasn't paying that much attention to it. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was watching a rip. So like, you know, somebody had a thunderstorm in the bottom right hand corner as of I was course. watching it. So of who course, knows? <laughs> this is where I uh, usually start to write the road. So far, this that that jogs my memory that i get to writing and then then it's the cold open nice. that's my process everybody <laughs> um our cold open here is introducing um to the tunes of born on the bayou uh, uh this gidry's cafe or gidry's gubbo cafe uh down in karen crow louisiana I, I live close to karen crow chris so this was a little weird for me close to your heart um and this is where we find benny who is uh kind of He's, he's almost like a managing restaurant guy because, like, the chick mm-hmm. who owns it is obviously like, you need to close out, you need to cash out the register, you need to close out the credit cards, you need to turn off the oven, all that. Like, but yeah. she's he's like a she's, like a third key, right? Yeah, she says enough to to, to reveal that Benny has become a reliable part yes. of this mm-hmm. like diner or whatever it is. Um, this woman, she has been in an episode of Supernatural before, hasn't she? Has she really? <laughs> I didn't pick up. on I that. don't know that for sure. She looks like I. Th- the episode that Ben is introduced, maybe mm-hmm. like she's one of the other moms or something. I just feel like I really recognize this woman. I'm not going to look it up, but maybe maybe somebody already knows this. So in like, Supernatural season now. three, she portrayed uh, Dana Keel, and the kids are all right. Hell, freaking yeah, gamer! I got it, it right. You nailed it. Um, so within in this diner, we see her working there. We see Benny working there, and everything's pretty chill. Her um, name's Elizabeth, by the way. We should, Elizabeth, she's going to be important to this episode. So we see Martin who is basically like i wrote him down as the mentally ill hunter from season five mm-hmm. um because that's all we really have to go on with him um but yeah his name's martin and and he is there um benny is we see benny sort of being suspicious of people like there's, there's a man who's like trying to hit on elizabeth or asking if benny's with her or something like that but, but it's just we get good guy benny here but we don't know it's good guy benny because he, he's following somebody, um, Martin's following him, and we don't really know what's happening. 
I don't know if we're supposed to believe at any point that Benny is responsible for for the murder that's about to take place, or like, are we, I, do do you know if that was ever supposed to be an intention, or do you think that was supposed to be an an, an intention? In oh, I think I think this that, episode. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Like, I think that we're well, supposed to not know if Benny's really a good guy or a bad guy. Yeah. Obviously, I've seen it before, but I kept thinking, like, well, yeah, obviously he didn't. Like, this is all set up. Like, Sam's gonna be wrong when it comes down to it later. <laughs> I think the the first thirty minutes of this episode are specifically designed to make you question Benny's intentions. Um, but I, also, I think anybody with half a brain would be like, "Why did he walk twenty feet away from his place of work and kill some poor dude that was mm-hmm. like who mm-hmm. said like literally hardly anything of like, do you mind if I take a shot at her?" Which is that that really you know insulting. Um, I I think that's definitely set up to <clears throat> create that kind of conflict, and um, mm-hmm. and to a degree, I actually kind of dig it in this episode. Like Sam's distrust of Benny is a very natural thing everything martin does on this episode is he's just a fucking idiot and that's i mean yeah. i don't want to take away his time and therapy or anything like that he's just a fucking idiot like he's drinking oh, yeah you're not calling him too. crazy you're calling him stupid yeah yeah much different thing there i don't think he's crazy at all because he's actually pretty competent at what he tries to do uh he's just fucking stupid about it so he reminds yeah. me of the guy that um good old lurkin gordon uh partnered mm-hmm. up with but was all into jesus do you remember that guy right right yeah he just didn't. He didn't have it. He didn't have what it takes. So as Martin is following uh, Benny, uh, Martin hears this weird noise, runs over, and finds this guy in the graveyard or whatever in the woods. Obviously, had been attacked by a vampire. Mm-hmm. Um, we switch back or switch over to Sam and Dean. Dean's loading up on some some cheeseburgers and some fries, bringing it back to the car when Sam gets the phone call. Uh, Sam's pissed. Sam does the admiral thing here of just telling him straight up, like, "Yeah, that was Martin. Uh, he's out of the mental health ward." I put him. I signed him um, the role of monitoring Benny to make sure he wasn't mm-hmm. being a vampire, and he's been doing that for the last week. And Dean has all sorts of problems with this. Yeah, Dean is reasonably pissed. He's not like flipping out pissed because at least at this point, Sam is owning up to it. This would, I think, be a lot better for for two things. One, if it wasn't Martin, although I understand Sam's reasoning, and maybe if he got in touch with Martin and saying like, okay, as somebody who has dealt with mental illness, not even as a metaphor, like when when Sam literally had Lucifer in his head and it was it was driving him crazy, um, he didn't feel like he was like fit for battle, um, but he he wanted to get back out there. He wanted to hunt and he wanted to, to do something. Um, so Sam saying, "Okay, Martin, you're you're fresh out. You're a little bit vulnerable right now. You need to ease yourself back into all of this. Here's a job for you that is simple. It's watch this guy, track this guy. Um, if all is as it should be, there's not there's not going to be any problems. But if there is a problem, you just call me and then." Me and my brother will come and 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 handle it. Uh, I can see that totally making sense in Sam's head, and this is a good opportunity to help this dude out and keep an eye on on Benny. And there shouldn't be an issue because I think that Sam perceives Martin as kind of harmless um, from everything that we that we know about Martin. Everything I guess Sam knows about him. Um, but so there's there's that I get it. And then the other thing is that if he had just told Dean, "Hey, I'm going to have a guy look out for Benny." And that's going to be it. I mean, Dean would have been pissed, but it's at least like keeping that honest communication open between the two of them is generally what I think that they should be doing in season eight. Mm-hmm. Um, just letting Dean know, hey, I know you're not going to like it, but this is this is our middle ground. This is our, our compromise is that we don't go after this vampire, but we're going to have a guy keep an eye on him to make sure that he doesn't step out of line. I feel like in some way, Dean would, would maybe agree to it. I don't know. Dean's all about people having free will. 
and Benny just being watched all the time by some hunter would probably piss him off. But um, as you said to me previously, the, the, the communication is there at this point. Yeah, and, and the communication is going to stay there for 30 minutes. I kind of disagree on this um, easy job before Martin, because mm-hmm. I have to imagine uh, tracking and not being <laughs> detected, uh, like tracking without being detected a vampire is, I, I would consider that serious hunter work. I wouldn't do that right now. You know what I'm saying? Certainly, like, if, yeah. if Sam Winchester called me up and was like, I need you to track this vampire, he's down in Karen Crow, I'd be like, okay, first off, hi, <laughs> we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> so, second off, like, no, I don't have these skills. I've been in a mental health institution for the last five or six years. Like, I don't know what vampires do or do not do anymore. Like, maybe they're Trixie. Right. So I feel maybe like this is, this is definitely a Sam overreach and trying to do this. Um, I think that he actually probably made the right decision in not telling Dean uh, because the only way that Dean is going to listen to you if it's if if it's alongside and I told you so or we have a problem he's sure. not I don't think Dean would sense. ever like like say he like you mentioned like he would be mad I think Dean would just flat out like make sure it was not happening if he told him ahead of time yeah yeah I can totally see that I can <clears> totally <throat> see that um but I mean I also think that you know Sam is doing this uh, in one way not to protect innocent people, but he's kind of doing this to be passive aggressive about oh, Dean having a secret. Like oh, I, a lot of a lot of Sam's, um, well, we got to save the people. Dean kind of speeches in this episode really ring hollow with me because I'm like, yeah. no, I think you just want to stick it to Dean. Like the brothers <laughs> really come off looking petty. Yeah, yeah. Both of them look real shitty. They don't look heroic. They don't look tragic. They don't look um, complicated. They look petty, and it kind of sucks. But so uh, Sam tells Dean all this, and Dean says, "All right, let's go check it out." Dean has a reasonable enough response of clearly he's pissed, but now he wants to go and see for himself. He wants to be there himself and make sure that nothing happens without his um, say so. Dean is very excited to come uh, to go back to Louisiana so we can have some etouffee, which I find mm-hmm. very funny because etouffee is delicious and that's that's good. There's a uh, this whole thing in based in Louisiana and I, I was as I was telling you a bit earlier via text, uh, they kind of nail the feel of Louisiana in a way that I was really surprised and impressed at. Yeah, like it's um like it's not obviously it's not 100 right. Like I don't expect to see like local brewery signs anywhere like for beer <laughs> signs or anything, but like just the vibe of. Like the way that this set is done and the way that they film the outdoor stuff feels very Louisiana to me. So good job for Supernatural for actually making it look like somewhere that's not Vancouver. Although I will say, there's a shot when they're leaving from here, wherever they are right now, and they, all right, let's go, and they take off in the Apollo, and then it shows like a, a "Welcome to Louisiana" sign, which is all in French down here because we were stuck up like that. Uh, that's obviously just CGI'd <laughs> on some like random road somewhere. Yeah. Like it's a real bad hack <laughs> job. And then there's this stock footage thing that lasts for about two seconds of a car driving over a bridge in Louisiana that I just found. Like I was like, it's straight out out of. Um, is it True Detective that the show yeah, that they filmed down yeah, here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just I mean that was really funny to me. But yeah, they did a really good job on that stuff. So I was I was really happy about it. And um, there they head straight to Martin's apartment or hotel wherever he's staying. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the part where where Dean is just like, "You're fucking crazy, man. You're a lunatic. Uh, you're a nutso. You can't do this. You lost all your marbles." Like he's using every turn of phrase that he could think of to be like, "You're you're crazy and you can't do this." Yeah, I um. And I kind of get this from Dean a little bit. Like, 
but he kind of leans so far into this that I, it's 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 overdone for me. Like you obviously trusted this dude enough to check yourself into a mental hospital. He was a friend of your dad's, right? But now that he has been cleared of being in a mental hospital, all of a sudden he's untrustworthy. Like you can't yeah. have that both ways. Like I, I realize like it's a TV show, the writers are writing, and not Dean isn't you know being Dean, but <laughs> right. but still like it feels very inconsistent, and he's just so over the top aggro and like. And and Martin is is kind of egging that on because he's like, oh, I can't fucking believe this. I can't believe yeah. they're doing this. I can't. If John Winchester heard this, he would take you back to the yeah. woodshed and like he goes yeah. crazy. I don't know why I didn't you, my, my impersonation of your impersonation of John Winchester's <laughs> voice. Sorry, I'm not gonna be doing um, that again anytime soon. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, they they just have a little they have a little powwow here in in the the hotel room or whatever it is. Um, so Dean asks for time to go and see Benny himself. Because uh, Martin says, like, he, he explains the situation, he explains that he found the body but didn't actually witness a kill. It's just, you know, the pieces fall into place. Um, so so Dean says he wants, to, he wants to have some time to go and talk to Benny, figure it out. Uh, and Sam agrees to that. Um, but so, is this okay? This is where we have our first flashback because Martin immediately wants to run after them and do the thing, but Sam tells him they have to give T- Dean some time because sometimes it's not easy to see things for what they are, and then it's flashback time. Um, his hair, his hair is looking great in this flashback, but we're, we're, Sam we're and Amelia, to the dream, we're back to the dream filter, like everything's su- super saturated and, and fuzzy. So yeah, Sam and Amelia are talking about um, her husband. Um, and, and whether she should leave Sam to go be with her husband or something. Um, and Sam says, he's your husband, but I don't want to do the right thing. I'm not ready to give this up. Uh, and she agrees with him, but all I could think was just like, fuck off, Sam. Um, this is Sam a weird, wants- this is a weird situation because they have bought yeah. a house together. I just this want to remind everybody that they have like, he, he hacked into a bank, adjusted his credit score. He went to like yeah. get a mortgage and like, you know what I'm saying? Like he did some stuff here, like that he is legally bound to be around her for, for the next little while. Like I, it's, it's hilarious to me that they're talking about this. Like they have not just bought a house together. Yeah. And she, so she just found out that her husband who she thought was dead is not dead. I, there's no explanation for that in this episode. Um, he just isn't dead. It's, um, yeah, we'll, we'll get to it in a little bit. It's implied that, like, but he because it's implied that he was tortured or like maybe captured or something. Because he, at one yeah. point when we meet the guy, he's like, "I don't, I couldn't." There were days where I couldn't tell if I was alive or not, and I'm like, "What? You got to give us more than that if you're going to do this." Right. And also, don't right. do this. Please don't do this. But yeah, I just was like, I was very frustrated. Amelia says she needs to take a few days to clear her head. And that's when I started to think when Sam was like, of course, but I started to think Sam would, would not, would not just, maybe he would just keep running. He's been talking about how he was running away from his problems this whole time. And now he just hit a new problem. (laughs) Would, would he, would he keep running? Would he just say like, fuck this shit? I'm out. Like, I think that there is, I think that's what Dean would do. If Dean was presented with this situation, I think that Dean would bail. Absolutely. Um, not because he doesn't love the person, but because he's very much the, I'm going to take myself out of the situation. Um, and I think that Sam has enough of Dean in him that he would do the same thing at this point. She's not Jess. You know, this is Amelia, and she just found out that her husband's coming back. And Sam has obviously been reflecting on the fact that he's been running away. Maybe it's because I don't yet or haven't this entire time really bought the relationship between these two or bought Sam's reasoning. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Um, but I, think, I just um, feel like he I, wouldn't. I, I 100% agree with you that he would, would just like kind of bow out of this. 
if Dean was still alive. Like at this point in the flashback, like I don't think he knows that Dean is going to be coming back from purgatory. So he basically is running away from all of his problems and also like everybody he knows is dead. So, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so I think that's that's the case where he's like, and it's not going to be till later in the episode where he actually meets Don, where he 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 backpedals from that. It's like, oh well, uh, you know what? I mean, you guys actually had a life before this, and you should probably figure that out. Um, yeah. But again, I, I think we have to talk about it. Um, some people in the in the Discord were saying this is the last episode for flashbacks, and if that's true. I'm very happy about it because <clears throat> um, I was these weren't as bad as they have been, but they were still just not fun. And the, man, I can't describe how much they just completely destroy any forward momentum that the episodes have. Yeah, um, I um, part of me was, was was trying to formulate like an opinion on this that wasn't just I don't like them because they slow everything down, um, which is how I feel. And I also don't like them because I don't buy this relationship. I guess part of me thinks it's interesting in a way, to see Sam Winchester in this kind of a situation. But do I want to see this over something else? Not necessarily. Um, I just wish he was up to something cooler yep. in, in his ear off. I just wish that he had done, um, I don't know, like, maybe some CrossFit. Maybe he could get yeah. work, some, work some of that flab off of him, you know? I mean, he's kind of porky <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so... We go back, um, and Dean has arrived at Gidry's Cafe, and he interviews uh, Elizabeth. Uh, and there, there's for a minute there, you can tell he's kind of wanting to be a little flirtatious with it, but he's not over the top Dean uh, as the FBI agent flirtatious. But yeah, because you know Castiel's not around, so Castiel's Dean feels just, like just, he can be flirty. <laughs> doesn't have to really ramp it up. Yeah. Um, but so he's asking after Benny, who is you know these people know is Roy, and uh, she says that Roy took off fishing, so he leaves his number with her. This is like the most honest and open interview that I've ever seen Dean give to anybody in this in this series. Yeah. Like it's just a, like he actually just had a conversation like a human person. He's like, "Hey, I'm looking for my friend. Uh, he looks like this," and she's like, "Yeah, okay, he's up there. He's a great. Thank you so much." Dean calls Benny and uh, leaves a message that's basically like, "Hey." We've got some. We got some dead bodies with you know vamp holes in them, and we 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 think that you're responsible. You need to get at me so we can figure this out. Uh, we cut over to nighttime, and Dean and Benny is listening to the message as he is looking at a second body. This time, it's a, mm-hmm. a young woman who we have no idea who they are. You know, uh, in the scene where where Dean is on the phone with Benny or leaving him a message, I noticed that his like southern accent was creeping in a little bit. Jensen's southern accent was creeping in a little bit because he's surrounded by actors who are speaking in a southern accent. I don't know if that was just me, but I felt like it was creeping into his voice throughout this. I could see that. Yeah, uh, I could definitely see that. I feel like Benny is is his southern accent. And it's, has never been better. Like I complained a little bit about yeah. him at the beginning of the season, but uh, I'm actually really kind of into most things Benny right now, which is something I never really thought I would say. Um, yeah, I, I again, I like Benny. I just don't like that he's used the way that he's used. It's funny. Uh, Autumn is actually literally watching this episode while we're recording this episode of the podcast huh. because uh, I watched it when she wasn't around, and uh, she was like, "Is this a Benny episode?" Apparently, Autumn is really into Benny. She's like, I, he, she, "He's never betrayed Dean." I'm like, "That's dirtbag oh Sam." Like she goes, oh she goes God. all in. So she's because oh. she, she didn't want to miss a a, a Benny centric episode. So uh, Benny starts burying this body, and Dean arrives, and uh, boy, we're just playing fast and loose with uh, Benny being able to walk around in the daylight, right? <laughs> like this he just doesn't give a shit. He doesn't give a shit about it. Like I know it's like the supernatural universe; it do- it's not like a super big thing, but I mean, it should be a little bit more important than this, right? Yeah. Like, well, that's just- why he wears his hat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's not even he's not even in the shade. Like at one point, I think he's squinting into the sun sunset. Like, come on, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Why? It uh, can't be an immortal curse if you can still go out in daylight. Yeah, if you just chill. All the no, but yeah, but that's what his, that's what his little uh, sailor hat's for. It's to keep the sun off. <laughs> <laughs> but they have kind of a tense standoff where uh, Dean has is, is got his gun out. Uh, Benny is reaching for the machete, and Benny kind of says, "Like, hey, why don't you turn the safety back on, and I'll put this down, and we we could talk about this as as adults." And they do, uh, which is which is nice to see. And Benny explains that this isn't him killing people; it's a rogue vampire who wants to put together a nest and uh, start killing folks, and wants Benny there for like celebratory purposes, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> like, you want like some cred from some from cred, some, like, some, some vamp cred, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so now that if Benny refused, he's now trying to frame Benny until he like decides to to join up with him. Yeah, which is and, always what you want to do for your allies. Yeah, absolutely. Like I want to blackmail you to being my friend. That always is going to work out real, real well. Yeah. Um, Benny has this speech here, Chris, that I'm. He basically says, like, with uh, with Andrea gone, Andrea was his girlfriend who got turned into a vampire that Dean later killed. And and then he says, and you back to hunting. I didn't really have I, I didn't really have anybody to keep all of my ducks in a row or something like that. like it was. And I'm like, you know, you knew Dean in purgatory. And you guys definitely agree that you wouldn't speak to one another after you got out of purgatory. What what what, what are you expecting from Dean right now to like yeah. help you live your life or, or whatever? Like, what is what is happening? I don't know. Everybody's just—I don't know. Everybody expects a lot of Dean. I guess I think that's usually just the, the effect he has on people. Jesus, I just want—I expect him to like help me with my because all of this is related to his his the the hunger inside of him, right? Um, mm-hmm. So being around Elizabeth, who he reveals is his great granddaughter, um, which is a little creepy. Uh, yeah, it, it helps him maintain that hunger. It helps him keep it down and just be like a normal person. Yeah. Um, but that's all um, at stake now because bodies are showing up and that's going to draw the attention of hunters. Um, yep. So, yeah, he says he doesn't have time to worry about these hunters, though, because he has to deal with these vampires. Um, but I think he this is where Dean, again, he's still being reasonable and he says, OK, I'm going to go talk to my brother and uh, this guy, Martin, and I'm going to convince them to to go after Desmond, who's this other vampire. Yes. Um, Benny keeps just like reflecting that he's not at all worried about these other hunters. Like he doesn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dean is like, "Yeah, maybe don't worry about Martin. I don't know about that guy, but like, don't <laughs> underestimate my brother. That could that could be a problem." <laughs> Dean does that like four times throughout this episode. It's really hilarious to me. Like yeah. he's just constantly like throwing Martin under the bus and saying like, "You got to watch out for Sam, though." Um, yeah, this is this is funny to me. When Martin hears this news, uh, he gets super mad. So mad that he takes like an ice pick and like stabs an ice tray with it. Like he's just really yeah. fucking angry as he's trying Very to intense. make his little whiskey drink or whatever. <clears throat> yeah. Um. So now they're all what? Yeah. The, they're all back at, at Martin's place where he's yeah. stabbing uh, icicles or ice cubes. Um. So Sam isn't really buying this story either. He thinks that that's a little bit too convenient, but he's still listening to Dean. Um. And they're they're communicating a little bit, um, but then Dean brings up how well Benny's never let me down before. Benny's never like gone behind my back. Blah blah blah. Basically, being like everybody else has. And Sam hits him with the passive aggressive line of "Must be nice finally finding someone you can trust after all these years." <laughs> and it's just like, oh boys, please, please. But then Martin knocks out Dean, um, just knocks him out cold, like hits him in the head, and and then. 
Sam is like, okay, well, I guess I'll go with you to uh, hunt down Benny or hunt down this this uh, vampire, which I do not think that Sam would do. Sam Sam has punched out Dean himself before, yes. but that was different. I think that watching some old man crack his brother over the head with something would really piss Sam off. I think that it's a little too much. At the end of the day, see, like they might argue, and Sam might say. Fuck you, Dean. I'm going to go kill Benny and you can't stop me. Um, but I don't think that he would just let Dean get hit like that and then be like, okay, let's just chain him up and go. I feel like, right? Like, Sam Winchester's not that shitty of a guy. Like, he would, he would be, he would have his brother's back. He would say, like, whoa, 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 what the fuck? You can't just punch my brother. Like, there is still something between the two. I know he's mad about the comment that Dean just made, but still. There's also um, I, you and I was texting you as I was watching this episode, and uh, and we we had kind of a similar conversation. We're like, there's no way that Sam would do this, and I was like, well, maybe. And I'm sorry, heat of the moment, <laughs> in the heat of the moment, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he would be like, okay, you know, we're gonna disable Dean just so we can get ahead of him. And we can go f- see for ourselves with about this Benny guy. Like maybe that was the thing, but no, it's revealed later in the episode that they chain cuffed. They chain cuffed him. That's not a word. They handcuffed him. To the fucking radiator. So not only bloody head, and he's and he's openly bleeding, which I just don't think that Sam would in this situation like abandon his brother to bleed out in the middle of a shitty like you know Karen Crow hotel room while he's chained to the fucking radiator. And like I know it's one of those situations where like, well, I put you in that just to delay you. I know you can get out of cuffs or whatever. Like I know that that you could wave that hand. Um, that's that's a thing, but. Yo, like I just don't think that Sam would do any of this, and it's and it's kind of the only thing that works for me, Chris, is the, how shitty Dean was in that conversation that you mentioned, where he was like, mm-hmm. "Benny has always been there; he's never betrayed me. Every single one of my relationships has failed." And da 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 da. And then, like, that's got to hit Sam at the heart, right? Because he Sam oh, has always sure. been there for him. But like, come on, man! Like, you can't leave your brother bleeding in a hotel room over some dumb shit like this. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. And I don't think he would. I don't. I don't know. It, this this is where the episode starts to to cause a lot of friction, um, because Sam is super petty and super shitty, and then mm. Dean's about to do the same thing in a little while. As they're uh, as Sam and Martin are leaving, uh, Martin tries to take like a this daddy role and be like, if if John Winchester was here, you know, he would probably take that boy out to the woodshed and do this. And Sam just shoves him against the wall and was like, you don't get to talk about that dude. You are following me and that and doing what I say. And that's yeah. it. See, come with me. Um, so yeah, Sam, I thought for like a second, he was just going to be like, stand up for Dean, even though he just left him in the room, like bleeding out, but um, bleeding and handcuffed to the radiator. Yes. He just yelled at Martin. <laughs> I've had a lot of pe- I've had a lot of friends in my life, and I've had a lot of people that like I've known, and I've had a lot of people that uh, like you know how sometimes you just meet someone and you immediately know that uh, you, you just don't like them very much, like you're never mm-hmm. going to be friends, and and maybe mm-hmm. sometimes every once in a while like you meet somebody and you just actively loathe them for no reason, you can't figure out right. why. I have yeah. literally nef- never left any of those people uh, bleeding and handcuffed to a radiator. Strangely you know? enough, never <laughs> just never, never it's had not that come happen. up in my life. Uh, on the way out, I forget what it is, but Martin says something about. Um, like remembering where he came from or something which triggers yet another flashback uh this time oh, yeah. it's sam at the bar and we meet don the the very well very very attractive man who just came back from quote-unquote war mm-hmm. <laughs> and also from quote-unquote being dead yeah looking uh, good look, looking good yeah like at least in homeland when that dude came back from like he at least had the decency to like have some bruises right <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, they have a, a weird conversation. It's very awkward. Um, where finally Don says, um, that's really not a lot to talk about here, but he, he says, we need to let Amelia decide. Like, she loves me and she loves you and she needs to decide what she wants. Um, Which is good. And it, yeah. It's, you know, and I was, yeah, okay. Sam has to be cool with that. Don's cool with that. It is what it is. It's a difficult situation. Um, in in a different show, this would be fine, but I don't I don't need a love triangle. It's supernatural between characters we'll never see again. Yeah, I don't. Th- not a lot of this is necessary. Like it's going to lead up to a, a little something towards the end of this episode. But uh, again, these flashbacks to me just don't go anywhere, and they they do it real real slow. So uh, still not a big fan. We switch back to Dean, who wakes up, frees himself from the handcuffs, calls Benny. Tells Benny, like, hey, these guys are coming after you. Uh, once again, you don't need to worry about Martin, but, you know, Sam is going to be coming after you. Uh, I'm going to go after Desmond. And Benny says, well, I know where he is, so you can come with me to go after Desmond. Desmond, I don't think, I don't know if we mentioned his name, but he's the vampire that has been killing these these innocent yeah, folks. Yeah. Uh, Benny knows where the nest is. Um, so, at this point, the episode takes a turn. Uh, we're obviously later in the day. Sam and Martin arrive to the campsite that Benny was staying at. Benny has disappeared from it. Um, Martin finds a picture of uh, Benny and Elizabeth together, and you can see like the wheels clicking in that dude's head. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Sam gets a text from Amelia that says, "I need you now. Come right away." Yeah, um, I, like I need help or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's a very serious text message from a, a woman that he hasn't spoken to in, in quite a while now. And so that Sam, he thinks about literally constantly. I think one like five or six times a day that he's thinking about Amelia. Um, he so Sam jumps in the station wagon and just he leaves. just steals Martin's car. <laughs> he just like leaves Martin in the fucking woods, which is a yeah. shitty thing to do to a person. Yeah. Like you're gonna be passing by a gas station. Sam. He doesn't even say anything. <laughs> he doesn't even say anything. They treat Martin with so much disrespect in this episode. It's, it's hilarious. Crazy. No wonder he goes to these drastic measures. There's uh as soon as he leaves, Martin under his breath is like Winchester's man. And yeah. <laughs> if no I can get a good wonder. clean, if I can get a good clean cut of that, that'll be the. Uh, the opener of the podcast because <laughs> boy dude, that could be the name of this podcast it's just manchester's man um, um so then we see dean and benny rolling up on the vampire nest i wish this episode was kind of just this and then yeah i don't know sam finds out that hey um maybe you were right about benny dean i, I ought to give him the benefit of the doubt um but no of course not uh dean and benny they roll up on this nest um it's like in it looks like what an old boathouse or something um, yeah 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 i mean this is some sort of like wet something factory like i don't a, I, I couldn't a, quite see the output but it's a it's a wet, wet blank factory board factory <laughs> it's a wet board factory there we go um and the uh dean goes inside and i actually really liked this scene we see him kind of prowling through um this dark boathouse and out of focus behind him this vampire drops down from somewhere and it's a really cool shot because you just see the blurry image and then it focuses on him as he, as he creeps up on Dean. Um, and we don't get like cool action shots like that. Not that I can really think of. Um, and that one really worked for me. Yeah, this was, uh, and it wasn't just because you were alone in your sister's house. Uh, this was actually genuinely (laughs) creepy. I like, I like this. I'd like this, the whole, uh, setup of this and, I'm with you. I wish that was we had more of this of them like creeping into the vampire house and, and killing some vampires. I'm kind of here for that, uh, but it doesn't really last that long. The vampire kind of gets the drop on Dean very quickly. Uh, Dean's whips out the the dead man's blood, but the vampire like squishes that in his hand, which is that's got to be messy. Um, mm-hmm. The vampire rips part of uh, Dean's neck open with his fingernails yeah, cuts and then cuts him right open on the on the neck. 
and then uh, gets a little like crazy eyed and then makes a dive to basically start drinking Dean yeah. when Benny grabs him at the last minute from behind and chops off his head and that's the death, death of Desmond. <laughs> so, yeah. so there goes there, our monster of the week and uh, we'll see you next week for episode 93. <laughs> Um, but this is where this is where Benny sees Dean's blood and he starts to freak out and he yep. has to he, he the the urge is coming through and all I could think about was when I took my horror fiction class when I was in college and we read Dracula and my my professor just going on and on about how the creation of the vampire was just supposed to represent sexuality. Um, so the long and the short of it is that 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 bloodlust that regular lust. Uh, <laughs> It's all about, uh, it's all about Fucktown. And so, yeah, vampires are all about sexuality. And Dean just like, or or Benny just looking at his super hot friend Dean and just bugging out because he wants to drink him. I was like, huh? Morethanbrothers.com, I think. Yep, yep. Morethanpergbrothers.com. Morethanpergbrothers. Outside, Benny kind of realizes that his life is over. Um, I think that, I think at some point he had told us like he is actually from Karen Core originally. So that when yeah. Dean was gone and uh, Andrea was gone, he just kind of naturally gravitated back. And that's, you know, to stay with his granddaughter, but realized it's like, since he's put down some vampires, some, some hunters have already come looking. There's probably other vampires out there. Like there's no way he could stay here and, and be safe yeah. for anybody. Um, Benny says like, well, there's, there's still one thing I have to do. Um, and that is tell Dean that Sam is going to have another flashback here in a couple of minutes. Yeah, this is so. This part is um, when, when Benny's talking about how he has to leave, and and Dean says, "Guys like us, we don't get a home, we don't get family." And uh, Benny's like, "Well, you got Sam," and Dean's just like, "Yeah, like yeah." You know, even Benny is like not mad about Sam's opinion of him. He's like, "No, I get it. I'm a vampire." Like, <laughs> no, dude, the only way the only way this works is that like you and I went, went through some shit together. <laughs> I don't have any shit with Sam. That guy's whole thing is like that he hates vampires. I'm like, I not, I get it. You Even hated though- vampires when you met me also, Dean. Remember that? <laughs> Do you remember back in season two when you wanted to kill me and my kind that were just feeding? Yeah. Never mind. Nobody remembers that. Just um, literally, literally this actor who's in season two as a vampire. Yep. Yep. Uh, so Sam... We, we go back over to Sam. Sam's trying to call Amelia and it's not working. The phone's disconnected. Um, but he's, so he starts racing it up and then he starts to remember the day that, uh, he told her that he, she, he was going to leave. Uh, so after meeting Don and she kind of thinks like, Oh, Don is intimidating you. And he's like, no, no, you guys had something together. You, she, you deserve to give him a chance. Just like you gave me a chance. Uh, just like she gave Sam a chance. Mm-hmm. And he says that, you know, without meeting her, uh, or excuse me, he says that she saved him uh, from from whatever, which is which is kind of weird because, mm. as far as we know, all he was doing was just being a maintenance guy, and now yeah. he just has a lot of house debt. So I don't really know what he saved her from, or she saved him from. Like he wasn't. I would expect this if we saw like drunk Sam every night for a week after Dean died, or you know what I'm saying, like yeah, some, I, some, somebody think... on a spiral or something. But he just he just got we a job. Have... Yeah, maybe we should have seen Sam suffering and not just like doing his thing i guess like we don't we don't see him in sort of any kind of anguish at any point other than when he's drinking with amelia's dad and he says how his brother was the best and how he misses him that's the only time that he even like all of his other conversations he's talking about stuff but he doesn't seem upset and i i not that i wanted like sand to be like turning to alcohol to to cope with it but just him not being himself i don't know i don't know this whole just it it didn't land. the The whole relationship just didn't land for some reason. And when he said, "You saved me," I like, I, my thought was, from what? From 
just being alone because you could have met anybody apparently and had this kind of relationship. It just didn't seem, I don't know, there wasn't a strong connection. Absolutely not. Um, <clears throat> it seemed like it seemed very weak and per- not perfunctory, um, but there's only so many times that his relationship with Amelia can uh, come to him. A memory of it can come to it at the right time that perfectly reflects the things that are going on in the episode without me like kind of rolling my eyes a little bit. And this is mm-hmm. a second episode in the road that this has happened where he starts having memories of things that um, are important to the actual plot of the episode, which is kind of weird and bad. Um, also, uh, I, I kind of just don't, by Amelia and Sam together at all. Like mm-hmm. they just, other than being in bed one time when Sam still had his shirt on, which is like red flag number one, <laughs> they just have never ever seemed like a couple to me at all. Like they don't, there's they zero really chemistry do, they between don't. these two. Yeah. They don't. Compared to, uh, compared to Sam and like his, <laughs> his later to be wife who had an enormous amount of chemistry on stage, yeah. as you might imagine. <laughs> it's really, it's um, really weak. Even Sam, like season one, Sam, like, who's just like flirting with a chick for one episode and then he like gets a smooch like those relationships even seem more and really maybe it did come down to something of like jared's a married man now and and the chemistry was kind of restrained because that's just the way he is i don't know but it it, yeah it's for some reason she seems she's very small and he's very large and she seems like she's a lot older than him not that she looks old i don't know there's just something about them that they just seem like quite an odd couple and i don't buy it um, so back to the episode, <clears throat> uh, Benny and Dean are creepily staring at Elizabeth, uh, through the door of her restaurant. Um, and they, they kind of part as friends. Uh, Benny thanks Dean for, you know, believing in him, brother. And, you know, they, they part, they shake hands and then he, Benny jumps in his truck and drives away. Dean jumps in the Apollo drives away. Um, just a little bit later, uh, Dean calls Martin and tells him like, Hey, uh, this whole thing is done. You don't need to follow Ben anymore. In fact, you don't need to follow any anybody anymore. Uh, you need to you need to get a whole another job. Like you don't need to do this, which seems a little aggressive, Dean. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah that's that's a good way to get somebody to say, you know what, fuck you, guy. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to get another Gordon B. Lurkin chasing after you, thinking you guys yeah. have demon powers because you're excuse me you're, because you're actual wizards. You were one hundred percent wizards. You were warrior done wizards. A lot of magic this season, though. <laughs> Man, uh, but they have done a lot of magic, though. I'm they just have saying. done a, like a considerable amount of magic. They've they've invested a lot of points in that skill tree. Let's put it that way. So uh, Benny's driving on the road when he gets a phone call from Elizabeth, but it actually turns out to be Martin on Elizabeth's phone. Uh, wow, Martin wow. has ingratiated himself this, in. This uh, seems very creepy. This is very very creepy because Martin and I, I mentioned this to you over a text message too, like what he's doing here is going to kidnap Elizabeth in order to be able to kill this vampire. And like, I get it. You're a hunter. You think all vampires should be dead. I, th- I, I am hundred percent with you. Hunter Martin. I agree. Uh, I don't think that you should kidnap innocent women to bait them to somewhere to kill them. Yeah. Maybe, maybe don't <laughs> like, that seems like a bad idea, especially like you, you don't really seem, you don't have any backup. Like he, the vampire is obviously stronger you and stronger than you in a lot of ways. Like what, what are you doing here? Yeah, this is a whole, this is a whole mess and it's not, it's not good. Clearly, now we see, okay, Martin is the bad guy here. Because it's not just that he's just incompetent, but he's being malicious. Yep. Um, and, and how creepy he's being on the phone. Um, and then telling, hey, Penny, you've got 45 minutes to get back here, or or I guess she's going to pay. Um, so, Benny has no choice but to, to head on back. Yep. Um, when they get there, Martin does this whole thing where he's like, you have to tell him. Uh, you know, you, you have to tell her what you really are and all this other stuff because he cuts open Elizabeth's neck a little bit. Imagine to, being to in that situation and he's like, I'm a vampire. And she's like, what the 
fuck are you talking about? What are you guys talking about? Like you're you're my, you're the guy that runs my bar and I don't yeah. know this dude. He just borrowed my phone tonight. There's no such thing as vampires. Please let me leave this restaurant. Yeah. She would just be like, "Okay, so you're just you are both crazy. Like you this guy just came in here and said he's a vampire." 100% crazy. This is fucking weird. Uh Benny eventually asked because uh, at first he's like, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ask you to do anything. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna force the issue. And then eventually he he caves and he's like, look, I'm begging you, please just let her go. Um, and then finally he asks, what do you want? And Martin says, I want your head on a stick. So Benny, and, and what I thought was kind of a uh, emotional moment, uh, lays his head down on the counter as a, as in yeah. full submission and like basically saying like, okay, cut off my head, but let her go. Um, and then Benny goes to like attack him. Amelia, Amelia, no. Uh, Elizabeth screams, and then it cuts off so that we uh, we go back to um, Sam, yeah, <laughs> who is arriving at Amelia's house, uh, gun drawn, like in in full hunter mode, just so extreme outside this woman's house while she's just, on the just, couch watching TV, drinking a beer with her husband. Man, if I saw this dude at my neighbor's, like walking around like this on my neighbor's or house, I would definitely call the cops, like one hundred percent. Extremely bad. But uh, um, but like you mentioned, there's nothing happening. It's just Don and Amelia hanging out on the couch, drinking a beer. And he looks in the window, and he's just like, what the hell? Like, checking his phone, be like, this text is definitely from her. It definitely says help, right? Uh, but nope, she's just chilling. Clearly, there is nothing wrong. Um, so he's he's very, very confused. He's very confused. You could tell, like, the, the emotions on his face. Like, he still had feelings for Amelia, um, even if he didn't want to stay and you know give her the option to go with him instead of don because this is all fucking days of our lives jesus christ uh meanwhile dean who is singing i feel all right (laughs) with a really good moment uh gets a phone call from elizabeth uh and she's just begging him to come back we see the viewer sees her like totally covered in blood obviously having survived this attack he uh he does the cool 180 degree turn in the Apollo, mm-hmm. which I can always appreciate. Mm-hmm. Also, it happened at a uh, crossroads. So props, good job, good job, supernatural. Very good. Very good. Yeah, I like that. Um, I like this scene a lot. When oh she, yeah, for sure. She, so he rolls up. She's standing. She's sitting on the porch outside this cafe. And we see the car just like slowly approaching her, or yeah, quickly yeah. approaching her actually. But it, it's a cool shot. It's a really cool shot when he when he gets out of the car and goes up. She just kind of vaguely gestures inside, and she's covered in blood, obviously, and and, and full shock, right? Like she's she's mm-hmm. she's totally out of it. Um, he kindly like gives her something to to wipe up the blood on her neck with, which is nice. And inside, he finds uh, Martin's body with the neck torn out, very vampire, obviously having been killed by a vampire, and Benny, yeah. not there. Yeah. Not going to say he didn't have it coming. That's all. Yeah, I uh I I can definitely lay this death at Sam's defeat, I think. Uh obviously he didn't know that Martin he he told Martin, you know, observe and report, don't engage, observe and report, don't engage. Martin went a little further beyond that, obviously. Um but boy, should you not just not have gotten this dude involved at at all. Yeah. Yeah, this is a whole a whole colossal mess from from A to B. Yeah. I don't know what Sam expected out of this. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't. Uh, yeah, get- I think he just he just truly expected Martin to not get involved, like, and for it to just be up to him to deal with everything. And then he gets a text from his ex girlfriend and immediately bails. But like any hunter that you put in this situation, like, why don't you why don't you use your credit card fraud money and hire a private investigator whose job it is yeah, to why do? Why don't you this? call Garth? Garth or, would fucking listen to you. Uh, Garth would probably actually listen to you and like let him stay alive for a couple of weeks or whatever. I don't, I don't know, no. man. 
that's not what they do. No, that's not what happens. So Martin's dead. We jump back over to Sam, who's at the bar, having a beer, thinking about his emotions. He, uh, not, he, he like hasn't yet figured out, like, wait, why did I get a text from her if she didn't actually need my help? Yeah, and it turns out uh, that, and this is some dirty, shady shit right, this is, right this here. Is some dirty, shady shit. This is, I mean, the, dirt, the Winchesters have been dirty and shady, but not like this. So he, he finally figures out that the numbers got swapped in his phone, and when he calls the, the, the number that texted him that was listed as Amelia, um, it rings one of Dan Dan's? It rings one of Dan Winchester's Dan. Uh, yeah. spare phones, one of his burners. And uh, yeah, Dean straight up admits, like, yeah, I, I swapped the numbers because I, I figured I would need to do something like this, and I thought this might be a good way to do it. I knew you would come running if she asked, and you did. I needed to get you out of the scene, and it worked. Whew. And then, and then, Sam, I think, is just pretty much like, holy fucking shit, no way. Like, this, that's a, that, that kind of emotional manipulation, I don't think Dean would do it. I think Dean could, I don't know. I, I could see him pulling something to get Sam out of the picture, but using this see thing him, against him. I can see him pulling something, I can't see him premeditating it. Um, that's, yeah. that, that's where I, I start losing the, the, the track of this, I think. Yeah, it doesn't. He's not the type to go. Yeah, I put that number in your phone just in case I needed to fuck with you. Um, I don't know what the boys do in this episode on all sides. Doesn't doesn't feel right. He also relays uh, the fact that Martin is dead, which Sam takes pretty hard because uh, he obviously knows that it's entirely his fault that Martin is dead, or yeah. at least like you know fifty percent. Um, but basically, just like yeah, Martin's dead, and and Benny killed him, and I and he. He says, like, what, wait, wait, listen, Sam, something like that. And Sam just hangs up on him. Yeah. And uh, he, like, downs his drink real quick, turns around, and standing in front of him is Amelia. And she's like, I thought that was you skulking around in my window with your gun drawn. You naughty boy. <laughs> you naughty boy. You she's always like to cool skulk. It all. Skulking Sam, as I like to call you. Skulking uh, Sam. Skulking I knew Sam. that was you looking at my credit card records. I just knew that was you. I, I had weird friend request on Facebook this week, and they all they all had rocker last names for some reason, and I thought that was strange. And, and one sure of them enough, was named Keith Sam, <laughs> which doesn't sound like a real name at all. Uh, I thought that was you registering for hotel rooms with my social security number. You don't need to use those for hotels. I was, but I was wondering where all of these uh, free Hampton endpoints were coming from, but you know, me, me and Don are going to go on vacation with them, so thanks, Skulking Sam. We appreciate it. Uh, um, yeah, she she shows up, and then we're instantly to credits. So that's yeah. that's the episode. Obviously, that's kind of a, a cliffhanger. I have to imagine that's the, the end of flashbacks, right? Like, to bring us up to date. Yeah, to I have mean, her she's the there. She's, yeah. Right. Um, um, unless we're going to get... <laughs> the same amount of flashbacks, but they're all from Amelia's perspective over the next eight or eight or nine episodes. Yeah, yeah. God. Um, yeah, hopefully that's the end of it. Hopefully, so, I remember this episode very strongly. I don't know why. Um, but I'm hoping that the boys stop being shitty to each other. I have strong memories of the end of this season and and profound things taking place. So, I'm hoping that we're done shortly within the next few episodes, with this petty, petty, shitty brother drama. Yeah, I um, actually kind of liked most of this up until the, the last act. Because mm-hmm. um, Sam doing this kind of thing, Sam premeditating this kind of stuff actually makes a lot more sense than Dean doing it for me. Um, but Sam putting this together, uh, as terrible as his <laughs> personnel choices are, but Sam doing this to kind of 
uh, whether it was actually being passive aggressive towards Dean or a genuine concern for the safety of the, of, of innocent people around a Again, potential vampire. Again, I just feel like I feel like Sam doesn't he would he would trust Dean at a certain degree. Like he would say, "Okay, no, it's fine." Like I don't I'm yeah. going to trust you. I don't know. It just it just seems like very silly. Um it does seem like manufactured drama, but I actually liked the way that it uh held up for the first part of the episode up until the the the, the phone number switcheroo um and the the leaving Dean bleeding in some handcuffs. Like I feel yeah. like we just went too far with it in some cases. Cuz at this point like they're not broke up, but they're in two different states. Like they're in two different cars. Like it's mm-hmm. almost like we had another brother breakup, even though they didn't. You know what I'm saying? Like I mean, I guess right. they did break up. Like someone he, he literally handcuffed that dude to a radiator and left him bleeding. Like that that feels like a breakup. Yeah, it's pretty harsh. Yeah, man. I I just yeah, I'm kind of with you. Like I don't I don't know. I just hope that I hope that we move on from this because I I like the we got to save the world shit. Mm-hmm. Um. And I don't mind brother drama. It's so good in the first few seasons. Um, but I don't like when Gotta Save the World shit takes a backseat to switching numbers in people's phones and having flashbacks and all this stuff. There's that. Like, there's this whole Benny thing. And uh, one of the most intriguing things about season eight so far is Naomi and the Angels and how they're they're using Castiel to get close to Sam and Dean for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. When there's kind of a... You know, there's stuff floating out there like the word of God and the prophets and all this other stuff that Naomi and the angels would be extremely interested in. Um, but like leaving that just alone for an episode just doesn't feel great either. And I've realized like no. this Benny stuff is kind of important, but it's it's very small potatoes and it's made them feel very, very ugly to each other over some small bullshit. So I don't. Yeah, it's a weird episode, Chris. I don't necessarily I, dislike it either. Like, it's very competently right, done. It's like, not I a bad episode. A it, but yeah, just the boys do bad things in it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It felt like the brother drama was going away. Like they'd kind of gotten back on the same page. But I think that that was just wishful thinking. Um, which again, maybe just shows that the writing is kind of all over the place. Where sometimes they're pals, sometimes they're not. It just depends on yeah. who else is around. Um, yeah, uh, not not a bad episode, but but don't like the the character. Uh, stuff in these in this one um any last thoughts on that before we get out of here i don't know what the next episode is but i hope that they don't punch each other so our, our new segment where i tease the next episode um episode uh 10 of season eight is called torn and frayed so it's right in our wheelhouse it's, it's very own what? brand <laughs> torn i don't know if you're familiar with the word torn mm-hmm. um and the tagline is castiel must save a fellow angel so, All right, I'm in. Right back into it. Um, I'm I'm into this just pretty good. I'm I'm, I'm excited about it. Uh, yeah. Chris, where are you at on Twitter nowadays? I'm at local bones on twitter.com. I'm at JG Greer. The podcast is at M O T W Cast. Thank you to all the patrons over at Patreon.com/slash/Sponsor of the Week. Thank you for the people that are leaving iTunes reviews and that are listening yes. to the episodes and talking to us on Twitter and suggesting merch and all of that stuff. We, we really, really appreciate it. We love each and every single one of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I guess we'll just be back next week. Yeah. See you next yeah. week. Hopefully you next week, we'll like this one more or something. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Bye. <laughs> bye. What is this? Your, what is your first podcast, Chris? Come on, get it together, buddy. <laughs>
Have you ever recorded a single podcast for us? <laughs> I remember my first beer. <laughs> oh, man. Good work. Okay. All right. We did it. What is this, like 92? Three. Or no, 92. I can't believe it. Saving that sucker. Alright, alright. I got some leftover short rib ragu that we're about to get fucking hell to talk about. Hell freaking yeah, you are. The other day, uh, this is just the continuing misadventures of, of stuff in my kitchen, <laughs> Jeremy. Um, <laughs> the other day, I wanted to. Uh, I was cooking something and I wanted to grind up some Parmesan on it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the Parmesan grinder was in the, in the dishwasher and it was dirty and it was like, eh, I don't really want to wash like the whole thing. So, uh, I'll just get this like cheese grater, like this manual cheese grater and use it. And I realized about halfway in because the Parmesan, when I started grating it looked a little weird. I realized I was using a, uh, like a zester. So I was zesting Parmesan into my pasta dish. Which, Very good. Which, Very good. Which was fine. It worked great. But yeah, just not the right tool for the job. So at least I didn't put crackers on it, though. Hey, when you set the bar, that so, low. <laughs> oh, I, thought you, I thought you were going to say so high. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gamer. All right, gamer. I'm going to I'm gonna game. What do I game, though? Do I play Tomb Raider or do I play Dragon Quest? That's I, the question. Uh, I watched the quick look on Dragon Quest today, and um, mm-hmm. the game looks good. The guy doing the quick look had elected to uh, let the computer control the rest of his party. He was just picking commands for just the one dude. Um, oh, yeah. I do that in um, like regular random encounters sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but if it's a, like a serious battle, I always take control of everybody. It's just that was just because immediately he had just picked up like a some some woman as a character uh, but she wasn't like in his party yet but he was she was like fighting alongside him if that makes sense oh yeah um there were some hot springs place if that kind of puts you in mind of where where, where, where they were okay at. Um, yeah but he was like complaining he's like you know for a for a wizard or she purported herself to be a wizard but all she keeps doing is hitting people and i'm like you you have the computer controlling her you don't get to complain yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> right it's just weird but that game looks real pretty like i'm I don't, I don't know that it's I, really i don't know that i'm ready for it just yet man that's gonna be a huge it's a huge commitment of time. It's a big commitment. I, I've taken a lot of screenshots. I haven't posted them, but it's not even, it's not a photo mode and I don't take them like with the character in it, but you can press uh, the left stick in and you get just a first person view and the UI goes away and you can just look at the environment. I've been just taking oh, tons nice. of screenshots of my adventure, I guess. Um, every time that it gets to a long story point, that's when I start to like nod off a little bit. Um, because I really just like playing the video game and doing stuff. And the, the cutscenes don't last long, which is good. But um, I'd rather be out in the field or in the dungeon killing stuff and getting stronger than I would be talking to people. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see that. And that's like where I fall off on some of these JRPGs. Like even in Guacamelee, like it has like towns and stuff where people are mm-hmm. um, like people are just standing outside their door and like you can talk to them or whatever. And like a lot of it is very cute and fun stuff, but like I was just thinking to myself, oh, I need to go and talk to every single one of these people to see if they have a quest, so that I can go talk to everybody else to see if they have the second part of the quest, so that I can go talk to the first person again, so that I can finish the quest and get like yeah. an extra heart container or something. I don't know. Like I said, I was just kind of done with the game at that point. I think I was just, but I feel like that way with a lot of JRPGs or with a lot of like role playing games now. Like I get that way with The Witcher too, where I just get overwhelmed with the amount of people I have to talk to. Mm-hmm. I had to turn Especially off all these fucking know, like, question marks. Oof, Jesus. There, there are other games to play. <laughs> like, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've got like several on my, I've got many on my hard drive that hasn't, you know, 
have not e- I have not even touched. So I'm trying to like not um, buy any more games for a while and just like play what I have, but mm-hmm. it's tough. All right. Any I'm uh, asleep, before so. before we before we leave, uh, any yeah. suggestion for an episode title? Did we say anything like particularly? I don't know. We we tried some of our older jokes, but I don't know that we said anything. We really did. We were digging into old jokes on this. <laughs> um, um, what, what is the uh, shit? Jesus, you said something about gamers at the beginning that was pretty good. But all right, I'll dig through the outtakes and see if I can come up with anything. Okay. Okay. God, I'm so tired now. Now it's like okay, I don't have to talk anymore. Holy shit! <laughs> it's it. I, I can't believe I slept like three hours and that's it. I'm a mess. Yeah, yeah. Go to bed. Go, go, go okay. get something to eat and then go to bed. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll talk to you later. Wait a minute. Check, 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 check. Hey. Mic check. I always got to check and make sure I have the right mic. Do I sound really far away? Good. That means I had the right microphone. <laughs> Whoa. Chris, I'll open my ears. What's happening, man? What the man? fuck is up, gamer? <laughs> Damn, just straight up, in, straight up in there. You didn't even, didn't even hesitate. Didn't even hesitate, dude. I draw every time I do anything. I drop my mouse for my computer, and um, I break it every time, and then I have to snap it back into place. And it gets harder and harder to snap it back into place every time. What do right you mean now, I can't snap it back in place. Like, what like do you have to do? it's just like a, a piece of plastic needs to kind of like be pushed back into place so that it'll like click down properly, and. So right now I can't right click on this, which is really annoying. Just go buy another mouse. They're like I know this was literally like ten dollars. Yeah, this wasn't even a lot of money. I bet Steve. I, just keep, I bet Steve has like five extra mice in his house because he keeps upgrading them. You to, don't to want gamer to mice. borrow. You don't want to borrow another gamer's mouse. That's true. It is a little personal so th- for a plethora of reasons. It's for for a variety of reasons. Uh, <laughs> you don't want any Cheeto dust. Agree. You don't want any Dorito dust, no. and you don't want any man no. dust. You know what I'm saying? No, that's right. That is correct. <laughs> that is the correct answer. How the hell are you, Chris? Uh, I'm okay. I'm really, really tired. But I feel like maybe I'll have like weird, weird fun energy, or I'll be awful. So, oh, good. I like I like both of those. <laughs> let's see. Let's see what happens. Alright, you know what? I don't really need to right click. I mean I have my trackpad like on the thing, yeah. so that's fine. You can you can hook that up. Not that I really use my mouse all that much like while we're recording anyway, but it's you know, it does it doesn't hurt to have. As I always say. That's true. You know, it's it's nice it's nice to have. Yeah. 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 So you just beat Guac 2, eh? I did. I just beat Guac 2. It's, uh... You're fresh off? It's weird because the... I have so much, so many fond memories of the first game that, like, I went back through and, like, tried to do all of the challenges and whatnot. And the only reason I didn't finish it is because I kind of, like, other games came out and I didn't want to devote the time to it. Mm -hmm. Um... This one, by the end, I was just fucking done with it. Like, I I don't think that I'll go back and try to do any of the challenge runs or, or try to clean up the trophies or anything. I'm just... There were there were like a few platforming sections that were really kind of obnoxious, and I think I've just kind of lucked my way through more than skill got my mm-hmm. way through. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like I was I was uh, DMing back and forth with Patty because he platinum the game recently. Like he did, he's all in love with it, uh, and he was like, "Yeah, a lot of that shit is is just really fucking difficult." Like he said, "Go to the challenge rooms on this one, and you'll you'll know you're there because you'll look at it and go, how does a human complete this?'" And so I don't even. Yeah. I think I beat the boss, and the boss was actually not as bad as I thought it was going to be. And then, um, 
It was like, hard mode is now available if you want to play through in hard mode. And I was like, no, I don't really want to do that. That sounds <laughs> no, shitty. <thank> you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm I'm done with it. And a platinum Spider-Man, so I'm done with that. Mm-hmm. So I don't really... Don't you always get that itch, though, after you get one platinum? You're like, what game can I go for next? I've done that before. I've gone back through and like looked to see which ones I'm close with. And uh, it always yeah. it always lands on Ico, because I'm only missing one trophy from Ico. Same. And, uh, it's Two that, hours, right? It's fucking speedrun, yeah. <clears throat> no way. There's just no way. Like, realistically, getting that trophy is probably less effort than say getting like five in a different game sure because yeah you're gonna have to play it once and maybe you'll only finish it in six hours but then you play it a second time that is for like total it'll probably take you 12 hours to get that one trophy whereas these five other trophies might take 25 hours or something but just because it's that one seemingly impossible task you're like i'm not fucking playing the game more than once like what are you crazy <laughs> there's one for um limbo that's like that where you have to get uh-huh. under i think it's under like two hours or maybe an hour and a half or something and uh, oh no, I know what it is. It's no deaths. It's running through that whole game with no deaths. Uh, and it's completely possible for me. I've done it four or five times, uh, and then died on one of the last puzzles of the game. And it's it's one of the most excruciating things of work because you can yeah. play it in like an hour. And when I was doing it, when I was really trying to go for it, like I was down and I could like just I was running through it like like fast as possible. But then I would get to this one section, and because you ha- can't. At the time, I, did, I couldn't figure out a way to like cheese it with cloud saves. So it was just like mm-hmm. play for an hour, get to this one hard spot, fail it. Play for that an sucks. hour, get to one hard spot, fail it. But yeah, I do. I do get that itch. I don't know. I don't even know what game I'm going to be playing next, gamer. I might dig into some of my um, VR stuff because I haven't really been paying a lot of attention to that. Not a bad idea. Um, after Shadow of the Colossus, after we we did that platinum, yeah. I feel like we did that together, despite the fact that we we were a thousand miles apart. We did. We did it together. I tell sort of how I remember it. I'm like, oh yeah, me and Jeremy got the platinum in that game. That was cool. (laughs) (laughs) Me going through like like the, whatever, 12 stages, 7 stages of grief, whatever the hell it is. Like, I was just so furious. And I was like, I can't like video games anymore because I can't beat this one thing with Shadow of the Colossus. I was, and it consumed me. And then when I finally did it, it was, it was a beautiful, beautiful feeling. That was hard mode um, time attack on 15, right? If I remember right. Or was it a different one? Yep. It was, it was, yeah, it was fucking 15. I, I was doing something that I totally didn't need to do. And then three was the other one that I couldn't ever beat on PS2. couldn't beat it on PS3. And then I got to PS4. I thought, well, I can't beat number three on, uh, on hard time attack. And, I had to look up something very simple, just that like saved thirty seconds, and that was that was all it was. And once I was able to finally get it, that was good. Yeah, that jump from the uh, the arm to the waist is is key. But mm-hmm. you, it only I think you can it only floats you over there like the first time that you jump. So if you miss it the first time, you might as well just restart the whole goddamn thing. Right. Then. And there was some other thing where sometimes I would. They they used to be. It seemed more of an obvious thing. There would be a little sweet spot on every Colossus, mm-hmm. probably like between frames, where you wouldn't get shaken at all, so you could just stab to your heart's content. Um, and one of my attempts, I know that I I got a sweet spot, like on the head, I wasn't being shaken at all, and I thought this is the one where I win because I just saved like a minute and a half on this, and then I immediately fell off after I did it. So <laughs> that's so frustrating. Yeah. Uh, um, those time attack modes that, take that game from like a thing of beauty to like a fucking video game, it's, <laughs> and it's, it's great. A video, it, be, it becomes an art project and then a PowerPoint presentation. Mm-hmm. It's it's not it's not fun. Um, Eric be, was talking about um, the Spider Man stuff. There's some challenge mm-hmm. one, challenge like um, activities or whatever, and you get rated on bronze, silver, or gold form. And uh, he was saying that the that that was the first time that he saw kind of the the seams of the game. 
because oh, like, yeah. some of it is just so difficult. Like you don't care about how fast you're swinging for 99% of the game, except for like these challenges. And then all of a sudden you realize like, well, how do I go? Like, I don't know how to go any faster than this. Like, what do I, what am I right, doing? Right. Um, and that's how I feel like shadow of the Colossus is like, if you start on those hard mode time attacks, you can, you realize like, Oh, I actually have to like fight the game to do what I want to do right mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. which and is, which is fun. fine. I think that's, that's totally fine. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, after Shadow of the Colossus, I randomly was like, I need to get another Platinum. That was a lot of fun. What's the game I can kind of zone out to? Because that was half the thing, was like putting on a podcast or putting on an album and just like doing stuff. Uh, and then I did Tomb Raider Legend, the remastered version for PS3, because I just knew it would be easy. Uh, and I liked it a lot. I enjoyed myself a lot. But I was like, what? what, what is my life? Have you heard of uh, Donut Country? I don't think so. It's a um it's kind of like an indie game that came out on um iOS and like all of the consoles or whatever. And it's it's mm-hmm. really cute. It's by apparently like some some kind of indie darling dude. Um and it's very cute. The soundtrack's really good. You uh you essentially guide a hole in the ground and it's kind of like a reverse katamari. Everything that you put in this oh. hole, the hole gets bigger. And uh and it gives you kind of weird objectives and there's kind of a weird story around it. Uh but I saw uh, Peter Cleves on Twitter the other day talking about how he had just gotten a platinum for it, and I was like, I can't believe that there's a platinum for this like, yeah, like hour long iOS game. Um, and I was I was playing it on iOS, but but now I'm thinking about just picking it up for an easy platinum. And because today I didn't realize, like, I went through basically a whole level while I was at the vet with my, one of my dogs, and uh, at the end of it they called me in, so I just closed the phone, and then when I was waiting again, I opened up my phone, and it just reset all of my progress, like. Oh from from the start of the chapter, and I was like, man, I'm like, and it's not, a, it's not hard or anything. Like, it's not a difficult or challenging game. Like, you literally are just that moving. Your sucks, but it's still like I lost progress, and fuck that. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I can't, you can't, you cannot abide that whatsoever. One hundred percent. Think dude. of um. So Katamari's coming to PC and Switch. That, that's got to be like a Switch exclusive thing for a little while, and then it's going to come to PS4. Yeah. Like, I, I think that that's, I'll probably just. Get a switch. I'll get it for P- for PC. Like <laughs> it's gonna be like what, like forty bucks? Like I'll just get it on Steam. Like I have a computer. <laughs> like and I really like Katamari. <laughs> oh, I really love Katamari, man. I, uh, me and Autumn were talking about it. She really liked it on. Uh, she played it on 360, and uh, uh-huh. she she loved it until there was a stage where you had to like roll over a campfire and then like keep it lit. Yeah. And uh, she she was just not good enough to accomplish that. So like that was where her experience ended. And she was like, I just want to that have fun. Rolling around. That's all I want to do. That's why playing the first one is the best one because the the second one, which is We Love Katamari, and then what Beautiful Katamari was that the three sixty one? Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. And that that is um that has I think version like the greatest hits versions of like uh, stages from the first two games, mm-hmm. but it also those two, the second and third one is where they try to get really creative. Which is on one hand, that's cool that you're getting creative with your game, so it's not the same level over and over again, but at the same time, it does take away some of like the purity of the fun that you have playing that game, because it's just roll stuff and get bigger, which is, it's just great. Yeah, I, I, that's that's all I want to do in that game, is just listen to happy music, have the prince yell at me a lot, and just roll up a <laughs> bunch of shit. Like, that's that's it. I remember playing that without knowing anything about it, and just... Like I downloaded the PS2 game and installed it on my modded PS2 hard drive, and was like, it was oh like God. that and uh, Mr. Mosquito. <laughs> oh like, yeah, yeah. It was just some weird ass PS2 games, and I was like, Katamari was obviously the the better of the two. But I'm thinking I must have heard of Katamari from like G4 or whatever it was Tech TV. Um, I think it was G4 at that time. 
Did you ever watch that channel? No, no. I was I wasn't really but you into- obviously I know what it is. Yeah, I'm familiar with it. You know yeah. It is. Um yeah, the the summer that I found that, I was like home every day cuz I didn't have school cuz I was fucking 12. Um and just being like there's wait, there's video games on my like TV. <laughs> like just showing me video games. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> um but I must have heard about it on there and then I remember renting it on Gamefly when it finally came out Katamari. And um I associate that game with like summer vacation so strongly because uh, I didn't know what it was going to be and I just liked like Final Fantasy and stuff like that but I, I had heard the game was good and wanted to try it and like that game is just it's just pure it's pure <laughs> I have one of those experiences with um, uh, Metroid Prime for the GameCube because uh, oh. I got I got a fat bonus check one year so I went to to wherever and bought probably a Best Buy and bought a, a GameCube and that hot new Zelda game and Metroid Prime and like maybe some other bullshit um, I think it came with Super Mario Sunshine, and I'd never been so much so disappointed in a Mario game in my life. Uh, but just like I had, it was a Friday afternoon. I had Monday off, and I th- I don't think I left my house or or like really did anything besides play a video game for <laughs> like the seventy two hour period. Man, like I just yeah. constantly sat there and just lived in my own business and and just and just did that. Sometimes you just get a game. I had to like really check myself before I wrecked myself because I was dog sitting the last two nights, so mm-hmm. I was staying alone in my sister's house. And there's there's just like I, I I was totally alone in a way that I'm not used to being totally alone. I was like I can just do whatever the, do whatever the fuck I want. Like I I can <laughs> I can usually do whatever the fuck I want, but just being like I live with my grandmother, so like I, there's somebody around, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's somebody in the house, which is not there's the somebody. Same. Like, so, but when there's nobody in the house, I was like, I could literally just sit here and not move, and nobody would know, and I could beat all of Tomb Raider tonight if I felt like it. This so did you? Thirty hours long, but did you bring your PS4 to your to your sister's I, house? Yeah, yeah, fuck I yeah, did. Gamer. I sure did. Fuck, fuck yeah, gamer. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I watched Supernatural there last night on my PS4, and like she just uh, finished her basement, so it was super nice down there. They have this new TV down there, and I just plugged that bad boy in, and I and I freaking gamed. But I found that being in an unfamiliar location. Because that, that bedroom, or the, the basement, might as well have been in an entirely new room. Plus, I'm not super familiar with her house. Um, being in a different city, in a different house, just by myself, I found that I was way more on edge with stuff. So I was getting to like the horror, supernatural-type part of the new Tomb Raider. And after like a long, harrowing gameplay experience, normally I would have been like, fuck yeah, let's keep doing this, bro. But I was out of my comfort zone. And I was like, I gotta stop. I gotta like take it easy, or I'm gonna be too tense when I go to bed tonight. <laughs> like I have to be cool. That's uh, so, so I switched over to Dragon Quest. To me. <laughs> and then it almost, yeah, it all like culminated for me last night. I so the dog Henry. He's a little bit difficult. He just is very sad when my sister's not around. I found that using the my text tone, like that my iPhone makes when I get a text, would would get the dog to do stuff. I asked my sister about it. She's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Why is that a thing? I don't know. But he he would not respond to a single word I said. I could give him food, anything. He would not react in any way, shape, or form. He wouldn't move. But I would. then I, I got a text from Jess, and he came out from under the bed where he was hiding. And I was like, okay, cool. Uh, and then I went to take him out for a walk, and he stopped in the middle of the street. He peed right away. And I was like, sweet. That was the goal was to take you out to pee. But then he wouldn't move anymore. He just kept looking at me and I tried to like pull him, but he wasn't having that. And I could have like yanked him in, but I didn't want to. I was trying to figure his shit out. Yeah. yeah. You were uh, trying to figure out how to communicate with him, not dominate him. 
Yeah, right. And he's just staring at me. And I was like, what do you, what do you fucking want? And then the, the street lights are out. I'm standing in front of somebody's house and I look like a, I look like Bigfoot usually. So, um, I was just very you nervous. Like, you look like homeless Bigfoot. Is what you're- I look like homeless Bigfoot. Um, and I just didn't need, I was like, they're going to call the cops on us, Henry. Like, can we please go inside? Um, and then I got a text. And he was like, all right. And he started walking. And I was like, hmm, that's weird. So I asked my sister about it then. And she's like, no, I don't. I don't know. And I thought, maybe this is her text tone. So hearing it is reminding him of her or something. Um, regardless, last night, he wouldn't eat. He wouldn't do anything. So I started actively using the the sound to get him to do stuff. Um I, like, made his food for him. She said, like, heat up some chicken for him, these little, like, bits of chicken that she has. Put it in his food, and then he'll eat that. He'll smell the chicken he'll want to eat, because he's a very picky dog. Um, so I did that, but he wasn't reacting, and then I hit that fucking tone on my phone, and he comes flopping out from That's under the bed to come and eat. So it was so weird. weird. It's so weird. But I was very happy he ate and, like, went to the bathroom. He did all the—I checked all the boxes as as dog watcher that yeah. I needed to, to He did check. all the stuff, yeah. So I— was ready to go to bed. I knew I had to get up early because um, I'm way further away from work now. I had to sit through more traffic. Um, so I took a, I took a Benadryl to avoid my very, very, very mild dog al- allergy, which doesn't like really bother me. It's just I was sleeping on a bed that he sleeps on a lot, so there was a lot of dog hair in it. Um, so I took a little Benadryl, got real drowsy, fell asleep. Um, then he just kept coming in and waking me up, just like snoring and and being disruptive which is weird because he like didn't move the, the rest of the time that i was staying there uh and then last night 2 a.m so i was like on and off falling asleep waking up at 2 a.m he came barging into the room like kicked the door open jumped onto the bed and then just started barking his head off looking out at the door and i was like holy fucking shit i was probably finally in like a deep sleep and i woke up freaking out like what the fuck is going on and he had this look about him that was like go out there and look there's something there. Like the way that he was acting, he would look at me and he would look back at the door and he would start barking and then he would look at me and be like, do something, bro. I was like, what the fuck is going on? So my groggy ass got out of bed at 2 a.m. and just like opened up the bedroom door and I look around and it's silent, dark house. Um, and I went all around the house and I wasn't like, oh my God, it's a ghost, Henry. I was just like, fuck, did somebody break in? Did somebody know my sister was on vacation has come to break in? Um, and I just went throughout the house. And obviously there was nobody there, otherwise this would be a way different story. Um, but then I could not fall back asleep, because every time that he would make a noise, I was like, that's an intruder, and I'm gonna die. Um, so I'm a little bit tired now, I think that's where the story was leading. He's a very difficult dog, and he's he's just as paranoid as I am, apparently. My, um... My, my, my father and my stepmom have two Boston Terriers, which are the same kind of dog that yeah, your right. sister has, and, uh... Right. Those are two of the most neurotic and weird fucking dogs I've ever met in my life. Cooper Cooper has this thing where, uh, and he does it everywhere. He'll have like his little dog pillows or whatever that he likes. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll like stuff it in his mouth as far as he can get it. And, like It's like a square, like the pillow is way bigger than the dog. So he's just like, uh-huh. he's on one side of the square, like just, 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 just not chewing it, but just chomp down on Holy it as hard as he can. He'll put his legs underneath the pillow where his mouth is, and then he'll like just like present his ass to the air. <laughs> like just leave that <laughs> leave that bad boy just fly it in the air. And um and Katie, who is their their younger dog, she is just like the most bounciest, like I want to get into your lap and be like I want to lick all up in your business, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's so fucking weird. 
Henry just, he just would just turn and he would look at me. Whatever we were doing, he'd just give me this look. And he, I, I couldn't tell if it was disdain or just, or just sorrow because I wasn't his mom. I don't know what it was, but that was all I got for him until he woke me up at 2 a.m. in full panic mode. So I don't know, I don't know what set him off. He probably saw something outside and was just like, sir, protect me, sir. You are my legal guardian, and I need you to protect me. He, he probably smelled somebody's fart from two miles away. It was like, uh-oh. All I could fucking smell was his fart. <laughs> He's gassed up. He was trying to gas me out. Dude, it's... it's those, like, bro, the, crack a window. Those tiny dogs are the worst for that stuff, because usually they're on some, like, high-protein bullshit food, and so, like, it just oh, yeah. goes... It's It barely even stays in their stomach. It's just converted from solid chicken to gas throughout this little... <laughs> this little Brutal. Dog. Uh, our dog is our new dog is finally starting to fit in. She uh, started farting, you know. Yeah, yeah, she's farting constantly. So like competing with me in autumn, which I think is really mm-hmm. good. Good mm-hmm. old Greer fart competition. It's like what, what we like mm-hmm. to do every night. No, she's just chilled out. Like she's you know no longer it's it's no longer a new thing for her to be in a room with people. So like she hasn't oh, quite. Yeah. So now she's like sleeping on the couch with us a little bit. Uh, she still very much likes to be extremely next to people. So like if I'm playing video games. Um, like I'll sit kind of, uh, catty corner on the couch. Um, so I'm putting Mm -hmm. my legs over the arm of the couch and my TV is kind of at a 45 degree angle from me. She wants to get in between me and the couch when I do that. So you're in a gamer stance. I mean, I'm in, I'm in pure gamer stance, (laughs) you know, pillow stacked behind me. It's important to note that gamer stance does not involve standing. No, 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 no. It's, it's gamer lance because they're laying down. (laughs) Gamer lance. I don't know why that's funny. Uh, but yeah, it's nice. Dogs are good. are good. I like dogs, but boy, they can be weird little fuckers sometimes. Did I tell you about sure the time uh, I met the fattest dog that I'd ever seen in my life? <laughs> no. I was uh, I was moonlighting doing computer work on the side when I lived in Phoenix, and I uh, got hooked up with this guy that did a, um, he managed a food delivery, and like, not, not like what I'm saying, it's not like a, like a Uber Eats or like a, a waiter or something, like, this is like a truckload of tomatoes going to a different part of the country. Like he managed a, a like a produce delivery service uh, from his living room. Um, so, and he was, he was one of those dudes who was always trying to look to cut cost and everything. So when he found out I would do like work on the side for, for, for cheap, <laughs> basically for straight up yeah. cash, he was like, yeah, yeah, come do my shit. Um, so one day I'm over at his house and he's like got an extremely huge mansion and like a really nice part of town. He's got two employees that drive to his house and like sit in his living room with computers. Like he's got like the whole thing set up. So one day I'm sitting there and it's a little bit later than usual. And I finished up my stuff. And uh, I think his wife was something was like, uh, do you want a, you know, a glass of water, a bottle of water? It's like, yeah, sure. No problem. So we go in the living room and she's like, oh, you need to meet. I don't remember the dog's name, but let's call him Fatty. You need to meet Fatty. And out walks this like, um, just the hugest fucking, like this dog was like at least 150 to 200 pounds. It could not, it couldn't really walk. It was mostly just kind of like putting its legs out and then dragging itself along. I'm trying to remember the kind of dog it was. It's one of those dogs with like a huge like mouth and muzzle kind of thing. And uh, so I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh yeah, he's a, he's a good boy. 
like that one to like insult these people. He's a real, he's a real, he's, he's, he's a, a big, he's a good boy, isn't he? And he's, she's like, oh yeah, we love him so much. And then she looked at him and she was like, do you want some leftover chicken parmesan? And I was like, oh. I kind of looked at her <laughs> and she's like, I know it's bad that I give him leftover chicken parmesan, but I can't help it. I usually bring home an extra one from Olive Garden every time I go. <laughs> I bring home a whole extra one. <laughs> and she, this chick just straight up put up some just some fucking chicken parmesan on this dude's oh plate. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, I hope that dog is still alive. <laughs> oh man. I, it, it probably can't be. Thank god it I wasn't on be. Facebook back then. Jesus. Oh. Uh, changing the subject a little bit. Um, okay. You know that like Fiona... Um, I don't know how to say her last name, Fiona. Yeah, Dark Souls lady. The Dark Souls statue lady. So I got an email from her. She's like, you've bought, I'm sure this was a blind carbon copy. She's like, you've bought three or more of my statues. Uh, I'm going to give you the opportunity to pre-order Kieran. And I'm like, yes, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so now I don't have to like put a reminder in my phone when it sells out nice. in five minutes. Nice. <laughs> so I'm excited about that. That should be coming Hell yeah. soon. Hell yeah. I've been trying to cut back on pre-ordering stuff because it always sneaks up on me. Yeah. Um. But I did just get an email today that my little Geralt uh, Nendoroid, the little uh, one with the, one the, in um, the tub, yeah, yep, that one just shipped out today. So it might take a little while because it's coming from Japan, but I'm very excited. I think I eventually gave up. I think I was like thinking about getting that, and I was just like, eh, I don't like. I like the Witcher, but I don't. I don't. It statue seems like, the like it will be the type of figure because these these the Nendoroid line has become a lot more popular with mm-hmm. uh, you know gamers TM. So. Um, it's going to be, I think Geralt specifically will be the type of figure that's really easy to get. So if you ever decide, hey, I want that, or you could probably find it somewhere in a store if you're ever at a place like that. Not that I'm, not that you'd care, but just letting you know. <laughs> Thanks. I'll be sure to check out yeah, Hot Topic if this changes. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> they don't sell them at Hot Topic yet, okay? I'm sure that's coming, though. It's got to be coming. Has to be. They, oh, they, their new Supernatural merch was out of control. I got an email about it. I was like, wow. Is it could just like good? It's it was all um pretty much just like women's stuff, but you could just dress like like girl Dean or girl Sam. Uh, it was actually kind of cool. It was just like cool jackets and cool shirts and shit. I was like, all right, yeah. If I was a girl, I'd probably dress like that. <laughs> wow, it's a this is a weird line. A pentagram plaid skirt. Interesting. And then yeah, this like the supernatural dad's journal girls cargo jacket. <laughs> dad's journal, that's what it's called. Real specific, man. Like that's I just looked at the crazy. email. I didn't actually like look on the site for it. They've got a, a monster skirt, which looks pretty dope. Same, same. Supernatural Castiel Wings Girl sweater. Okay. This looks like it's just like a sweater with a pretty big neck that it's got like the Castiel kind of angel symbol on it. Of course. Mm-hmm. 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 Gotta have that merch, you know what I'm saying? Oh, they've got a Road So Far shirt that shows um, all of the places that they've been in America. Interesting. That's pretty. That's pretty cool. I like. Could I like seeing for, this um, stats. Oh, Chris. Oh, Chris. <laughs> we found a. We found our guest for season eight. I know we've been kind of talking about it. We don't really know who to ask, but I. I found oh him. God. Are you ready? Oh my God. I'm gonna. Okay. okay, I'm gonna send this to you. Uh, I didn't have the thing open. Here we go. Here we go. There we go. Nope, that's Autumn. Holy shit. Autumn just got a weird text from me. Oh, no. To tell 
Oh. Right? Chris? Oh. He should not be allowed to wear that hunting things hat. That's not good. <laughs> no. It does, it's no, not, it's not good. No, I've seen him on the news. I don't like this at all. There's some uh there's some PJ pants that just say Team Sam and it's the um mugshot from that one episode where they get arrested. Okay. Uh <laughs> just Most of the people me. buying this merch weren't alive when that, <laughs> that episode, episode came aired. out. Autumn just texted me back, I hate this kid. <laughs> <laughs> She gets it. She gets it. She totally gets it. it, Tell her that's me. It just says uh, Team Sam underneath his little mugshot. But it's the way, like, they're pajama pants and they're straight black, but it's just, like, it's on the left, high left thigh. Like, that's it. That's where, that's the only, this merchandise is crazy. I guess I'm going to have to put this in the show notes, aren't I? Yeah. Yeah. If you guys want your uh, Hot Topic merch, we're not affiliated with them, but. Oh, they got some kind of cool jackets. Like, there's some. Like, the varsity jackets that they have are kind of cool. I always, like, kind of like varsity jackets when I see them, but, I, I like, what am I doing? Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't really fit my style or anything. I'm like, yeah, I'm old. I can't yeah, I can't be. I can't be doing that. There's some Wendigo socks. I feel like... Some deep lore Oh, this there. is cool. They've got the... You know how they do the, um, like, the Helvetica, like, so-and-so-and-so-and-so-and-so? They've got one yeah. for uh, all of the Wayward Sisters, like Jody and Donna and Claire and oh, Alex cool. and Patience and Kia. Hot Kaya. Topic gets it. There's a bag that Even just if says the CW doesn't. Just a bag that just says squirrel and a picture of teen on it. Jesus. I'm really Well, they have a, a shirt that says Jinkies with a picture of Sam standing next to Velma from Supernatural. What the fuck? I'm um, getting into some spoiler territory now. At the bottom. All right, avoid the spoilers. Let's do this episode. No, no, no. I want to talk about supernatural merchandise <laughs> some more. I wrote a, I wrote a road so far. I'm ready to read it. There's a road so far roadmap. You only lose live once unless you're a Winchester. I feel like our merchandise is better than some of this stuff. Absolutely. Hello, everybody, and welcome to ASMRJ Reviews Hot Topic Supernatural Merchandise. First up today is a beanie, and it says, Saving People and Hunting Things. I feel like this beanie is pretty derivative. I think they could have done a lot more, a lot, of, a little bit different for thread to make it a little bit interesting. The font's not very good. It's kind of got a faded out Supernatural logo. Just very bad overall. I'm going to give that zero Dean Winchesters out of ten. Scrolling down a little bit. Supernatural Winchester Brothers bottle label t-shirt. This looks like a whiskey bottle, but Winchester Brothers instead of, you know, some sort of whiskey. I like this shirt a lot. Different fonts, mixes it up. It's a good meme shirt. It says established 2005, which is accurate, so I'm going to give it at least one Dean Winchester for that. So all in all, I'm going to give it nine Dean Winchesters out of ten. Thank you for listening. All right. This bad boy's ready to roll. Yeah, it is. Let me close out of all of the supernatural merchandise that uh, before you start uh, racking up credit card debt. <laughs> Don't tell you what, fam. <laughs> <laughs>